Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Far off path! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. After many many bites of a cherry. Left footed cross into the middle. Bishop's header. Great save. Lane makes a run forward. And Duran, what a ball that is. Lane's for a goal. Paddy Lane, chance. And he gets his shot all wrong. Easy save. And Duran with a great chance to cross. Pulls it back. Chance for Lane. Still there, Bishop. This time, no. And it's tipped up by Holy. How a force have not scored. It's still nil now. Pompey's efforts proved fruitful at the end. Right at the very end. Sparks wants to go into the danger area. Shaughnessy! Oh, I don't believe it! He's done it again! Connor Shaughnessy in stoppage time! It's Portsmouth 1, Connor nil. For the second time this season, Connor Shaughnessy rose highest in the penalty area to win the game in stoppage time and give the Blues all three points at Fratton Park. Jack Sparks claimed his fourth assist of the campaign with his ball floated in from the corner in the 93rd minute on Saturday, a delivery that the goal scorer had no doubt was coming. We know Sparks is going to put in a great delivery every single time, so just about being in the right place at the right time and attacking it well and keeping it down and thankfully I did all that and there's no better feeling than running off it towards the crowd with all the lads, it's unbelievable. We'll hear Carlos Schocklessy's post-match thoughts as well as those of head coach John Mussinio who describes his emotions from the touchline as that winner went in at the weekend. Scoring so late in front of the Fratton end, it's, it's brilliant. I, I think um, the, the overwhelming feeling is that we probably nicked that one. Over the next hour, we've been tasked with going through the key moments from Saturday's stormy encounter with Carlisle United, previewing the men's next league match away at Cambridge and assessing yet another victorious Sunday for the Portsmouth women. Boss Jay Sadler will be on the show to discuss yesterday's 1-0 win at rugby. It's not always going to be pretty. You're not always going to win games 5, 6, 7, dominate the ball and, and create. Um, and I think, obviously, we want that. And we're coming away from today knowing that we can play better. We can utilise the ball better. That's all to come on this Monday night here on 93.7 Express FM, where you're listening to a Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Well, a very good evening and welcome along to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area. So, as you've just heard there, plenty to trawl through between now and 7 o'clock. We're going to hear the post-match reactions of both Connor Shocknessy and John Messino. We're going to hear from Jay Sadler after the Portsmouth women secured yet another fantastic victory on Sunday afternoon. And myself and my two studio guests here this evening will also go through the impact that Jack Sparks has made since coming in for Connor Ogilvy. We'll discuss Joan Burrell's recent performances and the way that he stepped up to the plate to take on the captain's armband in the absence of Mark on pack and of course later on look ahead to tomorrow's trip to Cambridge United but before we go any further with 
any of that. Let's remind ourselves of how Pompey retained their position at the top of the League One table. Only just as well, by the way. John Bassino made three changes from the victory at home to Port Vale a fortnight prior, with Sean Raggett, Ben Stevenson and Christian Sadie all dropping out of the 11. Regan Paul, Alex Robertson returning from suspension and Tino Andrin coming in to be starting 11. On the commentary, Andy Moon and former blue striker Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. And Joe Morell is over the ball as the last few people find their seat. Pompey trying to drive forward. Here's Anjurin. 40 yards out. The danger for Carlisle. Anjurin. Left-footed shot is wide at the target. Abu Kamara trying to break into the penalty area. Kamara. What can he do for Portsmouth? It's opened up. He finds Anjurin's feet to lane. Back to Kamara. He's touched. Let him down at the key moment. Goalkeeper has around. Left wing 40 yards out. The sparks again. Left-footed cross into the middle. Bishop's header. Great save. Carlisle have got it 20 yards out. Chance for a cross to come into the penalty area. It's a good cross. Still there at the far post for Carlisle. Short. And, oh, how's that not gone in? It's gone to Norris and Pompey have got lucky. Nil nil. Sparks is in behind. Sparks shots across for Bishop. Oh, he's put it wide. And he's put his head in his hands. He can't believe it. Morrell picks up a good position. Pompey outside the Carlisle penalty area. And Durin with a great chance to cross. Pulls it back. Chance for Lane. Still there. Bishop. This time. Maguire's got behind Sparks. Maguire, Morrell falls over. This is working well for Carlisle. Butterworth, shot! Oh, it's hit round the post by Norris, who slipped to the ground, and it's a Carlisle corner. Oh, Sparks has got away from his man, and Sparks can deliver into the penalty area. It's a good delivery. Bishop, header! Oh, tipped over, good save. Sparks wants to go into the danger area. Shot to see! It is eight points clear of third place. And it's Carlisle on their knees, and unsurprisingly, they're feeling that one. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yeah, never in doubt, was it? Never in doubt. Pompey 1 0 winners over Carlisle United on Saturday afternoon, thanks to Connor Shocknessy's 93rd minute winner in front of the Fratinen. Brilliant corner taken, of course, by Jack Sparks. We're going to analyse that game in greater detail in just a few moments' time. Let's go through the other results from a, a jam-packed League One schedule on Saturday afternoon. All 24 teams in action. Bolton Wanderers were 2-1 victors over Northampton Town. Burton Albion 4-1 winners at home to Bristol Rovers. Reading, who Pompey, of course, travelled to on Saturday, were defeated by four goals to nil away at Charlton. Tomorrow's opponents, Cambridge United, gifted Cheltenham Town their first win of the season. Cheltenham winning 1-0 on home turf in that one. Exeter City nil, Wigan Athletic 2. Fleetwood nil, Lincoln City 1. Leighton Orient 1, Barnsley 1. Oxford United 1, Blackpool 1. Peterborough 2, Wickham 2. Shrewsbury 1, Derby County nil. Stevenage nil, Port Vale nil. 
So, quite the ramifications on the League One table as things stand. We'll start at the bottom. Cheltenham Town still rooted to the foot of the League One table with five points on the board. Reading with six, Fleetwood with eight and Wigan Athletic making up the uh, four teams in the drop zone also on eight points. Carlisle United dropped down to 20th. Tomorrow's opponents, Cambridge, are in 18th position. We're going to hear more on them later in tonight's show. But it's at the top of the table where our focus is, of course, on Pompey. Remain top of the division. Now three points clear of Oxford United in second. Pompey are 31 points after 13 matches. Nine wins, four draws and zero defeats. A plus 14 goal difference which is the same goal difference as the U's in second. They are three points behind Pompey or Oxford, but with a game in hand. Barnsley are in third with 23 points, Bolton fourth, Peterborough fifth and Stevenage in sixth place, making up the remainder of those playoff positions. And joining the panel to go through all of Saturday's action, mainly, of course, for proceedings at Fratton Park, first and foremost, Mr Sam Macy. Sam, thanks for checking in this evening. Evening, Jake. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Going through the table there, Sam. Uh, pleasure to have you on the show as well. Likewise, my friend. Um, Pompey, of course, top as they were prior to kickoff on Saturday. But the key difference now, Sam, is that they are three points clear of Oxford United, who 47 seconds after Pompey took the lead against Carlisle in that dramatic stoppage, stoppage time. Um, Oxford also conceded in stoppage time. Blackpool with the equaliser at the Kassam Stadium. So at one stage, Oxford were winning. Pompey were drawing. So Oxford would have had 30 points. Pompey would have been on 29. Now the tables have turned in a matter of 40-odd seconds and the Blues are now three points clear. Sam, does that sort of emphasise to you that the minute details in, in football and how things can all change quite literally in the click of a finger. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I think it's 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 a ninety minute game. Was it's, it's a bit more than that nowadays. But um yeah, it's, I think I think looking at some of the highlights of the Oxford game, I think that they, they were lucky to get a point in the end. I think Jordan Rhodes probably had a good chance at the end of it and it could have could have been a uh, a four point gap. The the key thing for me mm-hmm. is that we've still got that eight points on third place looking at Barnsley in the table. Um that's that's sort of where, where we want to be come the end of the season. I don't mind if we finish top or second as long as we're in those top two and get get automatic promotion. I'll be happy. But um, yeah, it's 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 another another really good win. I think the last time I spoke to you, Jake was after a Connor Shocknessy header in the 90th minute, and, and it's, it? it's nice to be back on the show after. Yeah, I think I think it was after the Wickham game. So wow. a bit of a good luck charm getting me on mm. uh, with the with these last minute winners. But yeah. um, but no, it's it's really good. It's, it's it's nice and refreshing to sort of be getting these uh getting these uh late goals. Mm. Sam, what are you up to every Monday and Friday between now and the end of the season, my friend? Because <laughs> if it means that we uh, if it means that we get uh, get these wins, I'll, I'll I'll come in every time, mate. Dramatic victories every single match for Pompey. Uh, and alongside myself and Sam tonight, pleased to introduce back onto the Footblower, a voice you hear week in week out here on the show. <laughs> Kirsty Roxanne is a guest on the show this evening. Kirsty, great to have you back. Thanks for having me, Jake. We're talking about the game on Saturday, then um, another late winner for Pompey at Fratton Park, another Connor Shocknessy goal. We're going to come on to talk about the Blues defender and and, and his impact in just a moment, but. Would you agree that if Pompey could maybe stop leaving it so late and keep our hearts at rest a little bit more, that'd be fantastic? Obviously, that would always be fantastic. But a late minute, a late minute winner, you you can't you can't say anything about that. It's just it's an amazing feeling, and the ground literally erupted, which is just shows that it's the Blues and that anything can happen with Pompey. You can never leave a game early. I was going to say, unless you have a really good reason, that's why you don't leave a game early. When the players are on the pitch. You don't leave your seat. That's no. what I've always been told. No. <laughs> um, 
Another sighting, Sam, as you alluded to there, of the Shockness monster on Saturday. Connor Shocknessy. Um, let's talk about him a little bit more now, because obviously the goal on Saturday, and you mentioned there the, his, his first of the campaign, his first for Pompey against Wickham a few weeks ago. He's now got two for the campaign, two very crucial goals, may I add. Four points added on to Pompey's tally because of him. Um, what have you made of his start to the season and, and, and life as a Pompey player, not just in front of goal, obviously, but at the back as well? I think he's uh, been a breath of, breath of fresh air, really. If you look at where he came in beginning of the season, he was probably fourth choice behind Regan Poole, Sean Raggett, and Riley Tower, and he's he's got his spot. I think coming in sort of when we had, when we sort of uh, had those injuries at the beginning of the season with the centre halves, and he, he's not he's not looked back since. I think as a left sided centre half to complement Regan Poole, they work really really well. It's mm. sort of like a a better version of Raggett and Towler at the back end of last season, but shocking to see players on the left and. Um, and sort of the bigger man of the two. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's good to see. And I think he sort of came in from Burton. and everyone was like, "Oh, getting a player from sort of like a lower down League One club. What? What? Why are we sort of doing this? The the old the old cliche of Pompey fans doing it on the cheap. But he's come in and it's sort of he, he's been, he's been brilliant. I think ball at feet. He's really comfortable. Everything in the air, which 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 comes over, he wins. And I said, I think I said this last time. He's, he's like Sean Raggett, just 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 with the ball at feet. He's a lot better. You don't sort of look at look at him sort of. With an attacker coming towards him and go, oh yeah. god, what's he going to do here? <laughs> he, he he's a lot more comfortable and he he, he he stretches the play. He's comfortable going out to the the wing back, but then also knows when to when to put his foot through it. It's it's really good. I think that's what this season's been built off. It's, it's him and uh, Regan Paul's centre half partnership, and it's it's really really good to see. So you get your chance, and and if you if you get that shirt. And you, and you perform, then it's your shirt for the, mm. for the foreseeable. And Sam mentions there, Kirsty, the fact that, of course, Connor Shocknessy coming in from Burton Albion on a free. Um, Pompey have actually got the best defence in League One this season. Only eight conceded. Oxford United conceded ten. They've got the second best defence. You look at Pompey's back four from Saturday's game. Jack Sparks at left back, Regan Poole, uh, Connor Shocknessy, of course, and Joe Rafferty, costing a grand total of zero pounds and zero pence. Goes to show that it's not all about the money that you throw at the pitch, but it's, it's what you do behind the scenes and the kind of recruitment team you get in to actually get these players. You don't need to be a Sunderland spending £4 million on Will Grigg or Sheffield Wednesday spending all <laughs> That money to get out of the league it's it's how clever you are with that money yes to sign those players. yeah yeah 100 percent. and i i think i think the fact that we've got the best defense and it costs nothing just really does give massive credit to the team and i do think they gel really quickly i mean if you think sparks coming in um obviously with ogilvy getting his groin injury mm. and yeah okay the first game he came into was a little bit shaky but the strength he's grown and i think shock Nessie, and pull at the back like they just bond so well off each other like there is no fear when they're at the back and they're playing it around the back you're not sat there like oh my god oh my god like we used to be mm. it's very much like cool we're just playing the ball <laughs> we're playing football and it's just nice to watch like a defense be so strong that you don't feel so much panic whenever yeah. there is a the other team is attacking which is not what we've had before so no. it's lovely <laughs> it's lovely indeed right Connor Shocknessy then with his second goal of the season to Gifford Blues all three points on Saturday afternoon just as it looked as though we were heading for a Goldest draw with Carlisle United at Fratton Park. Let's hear from him now, shall we? Max Swatton pulled aside Pompey's match winner to gather his assessment of the game. Well, Con, just firstly, what is it with you and late winners at the Fratton end? I don't know, I don't know, but we'll take them every time. Um, yeah, great feeling again. I think overall we probably deserved it. It was it was close second half, I think, but uh, yeah, great feeling and yeah, unreal. 
just describe that moment as the ball's coming to your head and then describe the moment when you're able to, to run off and bundle in with everyone in the celebrations as well. Yeah, um, like we, we know Specs, he's going to put in a great delivery every single time. So just about being, being in the right place at the right time and attacking it well and keeping it down and thankfully I did all that and yeah, I want to know there's no better feeling than, than running off it towards the crowd with all the lads, it's uh, unbelievable. And just a word on, on our keeper, Will Norris, who made a really crucial save at that end. If he didn't make it, then this result could have been a lot different. Yeah, on, on real, um, like fantastic save from Will. Um, kept us in the game at that point. It's probably, maybe won't get enough credit for it now because of the late goal, but it was uh, it's massively important today. And, you know, as the season goes on, we'll probably look back on it and think how important it really is again. What's your overall assessment of today's game? Um, I think first half we were by far the stronger side. Um, I think we had a lot of chances, which we probably would look back on and say we could have done better. Um, second half they came out, started quite well. I think they hit the post and had a couple of chances. And as the as the second half went on, it became a bit more open for them. And due to us probably being a little bit sloppy in possession. Um, which gave them their opportunities, but I think it's good mentality from the group to kind of stick at it and keep going and going. And when it looks like we can't break teams down, you know, it's, we get opportunities like that at the back end. It's perhaps quite a slow start to the second half. What would you put that down to, perhaps? Um, I don't know. I think going in at nil-nil, um, teams coming here to threaten, they're always going to come out second half and be right at it. They know that they're probably going to have to change something at half-time, especially when we've been dominant for the first 45. So we knew that was that was coming, but it was just down to maybe they, them sitting off a little bit and us forcing passes, which which didn't go our well way and then left us a little bit open on the counter. But uh, luckily we have Will and Gold to keep us in the game at moments like that and um, another clean sheet for us and gives us the opportunity to go on and win games like that. Yeah, on a brighter note, what's the atmosphere like there in the dressing room after this game? Oh, unreal. Um, like I say, it's a, it's, a, it's a great group, you know. All the lads are in there, everyone who's, who's not been in the squad and the lads that are injured and everyone's got the same feelings for real togetherness about the group again. Um, and, yeah, we'll just take that on to the next couple of games this week. It's a yeah, fantastic feeling. Yeah, you touched on it slightly there. How important is it for you as a group of lads to, to get the three points today to take you into next week, which is, like you said, a big week on the road? Yeah, massive week. Um, coming off the back of the international break, we wanted to start Brighton. Thankfully, we've done that. Left it late, but we've done that. And, um, you know, three points to start the week. There's, there's nothing better. It's uh, two, two more tough games coming up for us. And, you know, we'll be right at it again. And just finally, a message to the fans who sort of really kept you you all going in that 90 minutes. Yeah, thank you very much for showing up in your numbers again, like you do week in, week out. And, you know, we really feel it. It really drives us on for moments like that right at the end. It's, uh, it keeps that buzz around the place and we know that um, we, can, we can provide moments like that if you stick with us. Connor Shocknessy there speaking with Max Swatton after the full-time whistle on Saturday afternoon. Um, Kirsty, myself and Sam were talking a few moments ago about Connor Shocknessy and the fact that a goal on Saturday recovering the victory for Pompey, the goal against Wickham on that Tuesday night a few weeks ago, delirium at Fratton Park again, a little bit later on in that match, um, securing another victory. That's four points pulled um, from from out of nowhere, purely by Connor Shocknessy. Um, 
goes to show that really come the end of the campaign these extra few points that are grabbed just here and there these late winners um you know will norris we're going to come on to talk about him in a moment as well but that late save on saturday as well these one two points every now and then can make such a difference come the end of the season can't they yeah for sure um yeah two points two points um gathered well gathered extra from what we were going to get against carlisle it's it just means that we can remain at the top of the table and now with obviously blackpool equalizing against oxford gives us that three that three point gap at the top which is literally everything that we need right now we just want to keep that gap getting getting bigger and bigger just to secure that we are we are going to get that automatic promotion at the end of the season and it would be brilliant to finish top of the table, not second. Be nice. Yeah, yeah. not not that we've been picky or anything no, after seven yeah. years in League One, but end on a bang. End on yeah, end on a high. <laughs> Let's get that title. Uh, unbeaten as well. Let's get a golden trophy. Why not? While we're at it. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Go for all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Kirsty, thank you. Uh, more reaction to Pompey's latest last gasp victory to come after the break, and we'll also hear what the Blues head coach had to say about his side's performance at PO4. Ultimately, Will bailed us out with a, a very good save down to his right-hand side to keep us in the game. Um, and, yeah, and um, I think we didn't necessarily deserve it on the day, but I think we deserve it through the amount of work that the lads have put in day in, day out, week in, week out, and the performances they've put in so far this season. We'll continue to pick apart Saturday's win over Carlisle, hear more from John Massinho there and review the Pompey women's latest victory too when the Football Hour returns in just a few moments' time. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. A very good evening and a very warm welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. If you're just joining us and you've missed the first part of the show, don't worry. You can download and replay tonight's episode via your preferred podcasting network around about 20 minutes after we go off air at 7. Keep up to date on our social media platforms at Express FM on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live to be notified when each latest edition of the Football Hour is ready to listen back to. And if you head over to any of those podcasting sites, you can re- play and download any football hour from the past i think four years so if you fancy listening back to our preview of the checker trade trophy final back in 2019 why not i'm not one to judge right back to saturday's action then one nil victory for the blues over carlisle united at fratton park sam macy and kirsty roxanne alongside us this evening to talk all about that um Sam, going to come back to you first on this one. We, we spoke about Connor Shock Nessie, um, his impact both in defence and in front of goal, but really I want to come on now to, to Pompey's mentality to win it late yet again. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Me and Kirsty had a little bit of a joke before the break about winning the league title and going unbeaten throughout the season. But that really is, Sam, the mentality of, of, of champions, isn't it? They, they do win ugly. They put out results from, from absolutely nowhere. And Pompey seemed to be doing that pretty much every week this season so far. Yeah, if you look at the amount of games we've come back and, and got a point or three points, it's, it's been really good to see. I think if you look at the, the first game of the season, for example, the Bristol Rovers game, that sort of read that mentality into the team from the from the first game. And I think looking at it, this team doesn't know when they're beaten and, and that's such a good quality to have. Um, and if you, if you get to the 85th 
at the 86th minute and you, you sort of have that mentality, we're only, we need a goal and we're going to get that chance. And I think that it's it, that's all we need. If you, you've got someone like Jack Sparks who can put balls into the box, it always gives you a chance. I think players like Colby Bishop, they only need a, need a sniff. He probably could have had a hat-trick on Saturday. Um, but you back him nine times out of ten to put most of those chances away. And I think mm. that's the mentality you've got to have. Like Just trust the players around you and, and eventually the goal will come. And I think that's something we've not had for such a long time. If you if you look back to the previous regimes, Jacket, Cowley, we never had this. I think it was it was a good like few years that we we, we when we went to goal down we didn't we, we didn't win a game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a such a refreshing thing to see as a fan just to, to sort of see that this team doesn't know when they're beaten and they're actually getting as excited and, and, and we're scoring last minute winners and that's that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. We've got got a text here with no nigma on it. Um it says please it's not pronounced shocknessy, it's Shaughnessy. He's Irish. Now I would tend to agree with that statement that yes, the Irish pronunciation is Shaughnessy, not Shocknessy. But the man himself has told us in an interview it is Shocknessy. So, yeah, I- I'm going to believe Connor Shocknessy on that one. Yeah, I think you got to. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I mean, look, I mean, yeah, usually it would be Shaughnessy. You are, you are right with that one. But unfortunately, it is Shocknessy. Um, good evening, Jake. Uh, hi, all. Uh, my first game sitting in the disabled section due to surgery on Saturday. Um, the goal was right in front of me. The only trouble, I couldn't jump to celebrate. But what a great way to win a match that had nil-nil written all over it. Uh, the uh, st- Still, it could have been so different, sorry, if it wasn't for a superb save by Will Norris a minute before. Samano Shocknessy's got his goal. Sometimes it is nice to win ugly. All credit to Carlisle fans who were a credit to their team. And, yeah, Kirsty's got to be said, Carlisle United, um, they sold just over 700 tickets for Saturday. Um, I think it was 640-odd that, that, that yeah. turned up to Fratton Park. You can understand why, um, with, with a storm as well and the, the weather disruptions. And well, the length of a journey in particular, um, gutting for them on a human level, but they've had to go home empty-handed after particularly a, a strong showing. But to see nearly seven hundred of them at Fratton Park is, is is huge. I don't think any of us were expecting that. With all due respect to Carlisle, not at all. Seven, I think it's seven hundred mile round trip mm. in total, which is just bonkers. And honestly, credit to the fans because they did not stop singing, they did not stop cheering. And even when we were all cheering, I was hearing Shocknessy's goal went in. They kept going and they applauded their they applauded their players. And I just think they're a real credit to the team. And I've heard through Twitter that loads of them were at the pub after, and it was just there was no issues. It was just really nice. And I think they're a proper credit to their team. Best fans you've seen so far this season, Kirsty, considering we've had Peterborough and Wickham already at Fratton Park? I was I would actually say so. Like there I, there wasn't as many in numbers as the other teams have bought, but I could obviously I do sit in the South Stand, so I'm closer you to them. Right but I like you could hear them the whole game mm. and they're really supportive and I yeah, I do think that they should be happy with the way that Carlisle played, being in twentieth position and mm. us being top of the league. To be honest, the first half you wouldn't really have expected there was 19 places between us. I think they put in a real good game, and I, it is a real shame that we had to win it. So no, it's not. <laughs> is it? 
<laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, Sam, I want to talk a bit about um, Jack Sparks now. We, we've spoken about Connor Shockness and the fact that he got the winner, of course, on Saturday. Um, great from him to get into that position, to, to put the header into the back of an air, uh, of course. But for Jack Sparks to to put that delivery in from a dead ball situation, all the pressure really on, of, of the world on his shoulders with a fratten end and the North Stand right behind him in the 93rd minute. He knew it had to be the perfect cross. Anything over here or you know, not beating the first man would would have just got the biggest groan from all around Fratton Park, who would have been, I'm sure, very disappointed with a nil-nil draw against Carlisle. But for that weight of expectation on his shoulders to deliver that ball in, to get his fourth assist of the season now since coming in for Conor Ogilvy, Sam, you, you can see why he's keeping him out of the team. Yeah, he does it every week as well, doesn't he, Jack Sparks? You know what he's, you're going to get from him. I think since he's sort of come in, he's really taken his chance. And this, I think at this point, he's probably played himself as the first choice left back over Conor Ogilvy, I think, especially at home when you're playing someone like Carlisle and they're going to sort of play in a low block and, and we're going to have to break them down. He's the man you want, I think. He's always forward thinking. Uh, he likes to take the ball drive. And I think anywhere sort of in the attacking third, he's looking to put a ball into the box. And I think the whole of last season, we sort of had Colby Bishop isolated and Jack Sparks sort of brings him into the game so much more. And you sort of can tell that any time he does get the ball, the delivery is going to be inch perfect. Mm. I think there's been a few like this. I think the uh, the two 0 win against Port Vale, he put a few good balls into the box as well. Um, obviously, the now two last minute deliveries sort of um, for for Shocknessy. I think if you look at the the ball into the box prior to the uh, the corner, which which uh, Bishop won with that header, that was another Jack Sparks delivery. And I think he's he's another one who sort of came in like Shocknessy from sort of a mid table League One club, and sort of people were like, oh. Again, the cheap option, but again, you sort of see them in a pompy shirt and, and he's been nothing short of brilliant. And I think I, people sort of talk about playing him as a winger, but I think especially at home, you can't drop him now and he's yeah. got to be playing left back and he just works so well with, with whoever's playing on the left, usually sort of Kamara. Um, again, bringing it back to that Wickham game, the first goal was 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 uh, quick thinking to get the ball to Kamara, who then gave it to Bishop to score. And it's really good to see. Um, and I think... Long may it continue. Yeah, long may it continue. Uh, indeed, of course, Pompey getting the win on Saturday. Kirsty, we spoke about Carlisle and how they were pretty good value for, for, for the game, you know, despite not getting anything from it. Um, you could also maybe argue that given the first half performance from John Massino's side, plenty of chances, plenty of bites at the cherry, um, didn't take any of them. Colby Bishop had a, a very uncharacteristic off day. I think three golden opportunities in front of gold in front of Milton and didn't put him into the back of the net. So, Potentially, give them a first half display. Would you would you have maybe fairly said that it would have been unjustified if Pompey didn't get the win, or do you think that maybe give them a second half performance from Carlisle and the way they came out from that half time interval that maybe a point would have been a fair result? Not that it matters, obviously, but yeah, I think I thought we were going to come away with a point. Um, I really, I really thought Carlisle gave us a run for our money, mm. um, especially when they came back out and they did come back out fighting. And I know Bishop had a lot of chances towards the Milton end, but you've also got to give credit where it's due to Holy because he he is well I mean he filled the whole goal yeah. <laughs> it was going to be hard to get it past him um, which obviously shocked he did but yeah he was I've been watching his past matches and he he knows how to save a ball so I'll give credit credit where it's due but yeah the crosses that are coming in to Bishop and supporting Bishop and you just you just know that 
that was just an off day and he's going to he's going to be scoring those headers like there's no tomorrow come in the upcoming games so there's no worries with that one yeah and speaking about Thomas Holy as well Sam but Will Norris um, in the 90th minute uh, just as before for Fisher was indicating how how much added time there was going to be uh, four minutes added on which I thought was actually not that many considering recent law changes but anyway Will Norris has called into action to put off a uh, quite a low save down to his right hand side uh, to, to keep Carlisle at bay and that could have quite easily been um, a completely different story if it wasn't for Will, Will Norris being alert in that situation after having not a lot to do in terms of sort of goal scoring saves throughout the entire match yeah 100% I think it's sort of something you come to expect from Will Norris and when you've got a keeper in that position who you, who you sort of trust that keeps you in games and gives you a fighting chance that's sort of why our defence has been so good this year you've got a keeper behind you who you trust if you look at sort of games like the Exeter game um that's the first one I can really think back to. He made some some massive saves to sort of win us that game. Um, I think the only real sort of howler he's had was the Barnsley game when we were already 3-0 up. But he's been really good. Um, if you look at that save, it's, it's such a smart save. And I think a lot of the saves he, do, he does make are really underrated. Um, as a keeper, he's been excellent. Ball at his feet. And I think if you see the uh, the angle of the, the shotgunty goal from from sort of the other end, the, the Milton end, you can see just how much it means to him sort of mm. running off and uh, with, with the hand aloft and it's, it's, it's really good to see and that, that's all you want as a Pompey fan showing that passion and, and sort of keeping you in games Yeah Okay then let's hear now from the Pompey boss John Massinio spoke after the game to Andy Moon who first asked for the gaffer's feelings after yet another late victory at Fratton Park I'm delighted that we've won the game obviously and um, you know the, the manner of it as well scoring so late in front of the Fratton end it's, it's brilliant I, I think um, the, the overwhelming feeling is that we, we probably nicked that one today. Uh, it was the first time I felt that we've we've come in having won a game or, or maybe scored a last minute game, uh, just scored a last minute goal and drawn the game like we did against Derby and didn't quite deserve it. Uh, I thought Carlisle can, can feel very hard done by with that. First half, plenty of chances, mate. Just couldn't find the back of the net. I thought we were excellent in the first half. We controlled the game. Uh, we limited Carlisle to um, going a lot longer. They were quite effective at doing it through Joe Garner. who's a real handful. And I played with him a few years ago, so I know what he's all about. And I thought, well, yeah, I thought we were excellent in and out of possession. We just couldn't find the back of the net in the first half. And then, yeah, second half, just um, a bit disappointing uh, all in. And, um, yeah, I think we lost control of the game for large parts. And, um, yeah, like I said, probably a bit fortunate to, to come in with the three points. Tactically, what changed? Nothing changed tactically, to, to be honest. Um, and, and I didn't think, uh, I, you know, I obviously have to have a look at this after, uh, obviously after the game and, and tomorrow. I didn't think um, tactically we, we let ourselves down. I thought we just got a bit, a bit sloppy, to be honest. Um, we gave away you know, far too many uh, far too many balls, um, a lot of straight balls into the centre forwards that, um, you know, they're, they're difficult, really. I'd, we want us to be a bit more secure, go around the outside. Um, you know, we're, we're a decent enough crossing team. If we can get the ball in wide areas and get at them then, and that's really what we want to do. So I thought we went a bit straight and, and I thought we just left ourselves a bit open. And, and part of that, I think, is maybe the weight of expectation on the lads to go and get the goal and um, getting a bit carried away, which is, you know, it's good because there's, there's a lot of honesty there, but you have to be very, very wary with sides like this. And, and you know, it ultimately will uh, bail us out with a, a very good save down to his right-hand side to keep us in the game. Um, and, yeah, and... Um, I think we we didn't necessarily deserve it on the day, but I think we deserve it through the amount of work that the lads have put in day in, day out, week in, week out, and the performances they, they put in so far this season. Two goals for Connor Shotnessy, both last-minute winners at the front end. It's not it's not bad bad way to find the net. No, it's brilliant, and set pieces are a huge part of the game. We've uh, you know we've we've constantly said that we're 
we're always on top of the lads in terms of making sure that they know a hugely high percentage of um, set pieces. We, we obviously spoke this week about Jack Sparks and his delivery. Um, but yeah, you have to be aggressive. Um, the ball has to be delivered well and, and you've got to pay a lot of attention to them. And, and again, the, uh, the work that Joe's been doing with, with the boys is clearly paying off. Uh, how do the conditions affect things today? I think we're too bad to be honest. Um, it was a bit wet, but it wasn't. It wasn't too too bad. I think the pitch held up absolutely fine. A couple of slips here and there, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was um, slightly windy. You could see with with Thomas Holy's kicks in the first half, but yeah, apart from that, I thought it was quite a nice day to play football. Uh, no Swanson, Towler, or White in the squad. Was that all just selection? Um, Gavin was was ill, so Gavin um, was yeah ill this morning. Um, Swanson and and um, oh, sorry Zach and and Riley. Yeah, that was that was selection. Like I said, I think on, on Wednesday they can find they, they can consider themselves very hard done by because I don't think either of them deserve to be on the squad. I don't know if you've seen the table now, but obviously Oxford can see the last one to equalise. They're eight points now, the gap to, to third, two, three down to second. How, how good does that look? Yeah, I mean, it looks, it looks great right now, but again, you know, we're only 13 games in, so, um, you know, still at the embryonic stages of the season, maybe just moving slightly beyond that. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to, I think, churn out another win. Um, and I think, yeah, that was, uh, that was my, my overriding feeling. We, we sort of, well, not churned out, we nicked it. I think we nicked it today, but brilliant, really. Uh, when, when you don't play well and win a game, uh, the feeling, like you can probably tell now, isn't ecstasy for me, but um, I think it will convert over the next 24 hours because I think, you know what, if we can do that when we haven't played well, I know that this isn't a trend um, and we'll make sure it's not a trend because over the first 12 games of the season, uh, I think we've been excellent in, in pretty much every single one of them and, and all of those results we've deserved. Lastly, big question of the day. First half, there's a long ball coming right towards you in a technical area and you sort of stepped away from it. Were you worried about getting your trainers muddy or did you not back your first time control? There were, there were two things. So, first of all, I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't sure it was off the pitch yet, so I didn't want to do one of those ones where I stepped on and, uh, and, and kept it in and, and then got sent off. And the second one is that, yeah, all I could see as the ball was travelling through the air is I uh, wasn't worried about the trainers, I was worried about slipping over and uh, making a bit of a fool of myself, so I thought I'll leave that one, and I think it was a sensible decision. John Massino is there speaking shortly after Saturday's 1-0 win over Carlisle at Fratton Park. A result, but if you missed it, keeps Pompey top of League One and Vada's extended Blues run unbeaten records to 24 league matches, stretching all the way back to March. And it wasn't just the men with a 1-0 victory at the weekend, but the Portsmouth women as well. 1-0 victors away at Rugby Borough in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. Let's hear now what their head coach, Jay Sadler, had to say after the game. He's been speaking to Max Swatton from the Pompey Media team. Well, Jay, you signed up to work really hard for that one. How pleased are you with the three points? Yeah, we did have to work hard, um, especially at the end of the game. But I think first half, when the game probably settled after about 10-15 minutes, um, we created some real good moments just think decision making maybe in the final third um, getting our shot off a little bit earlier um, but we got in there and we, we created some good moments um, think defensively as you said really resolute throughout the whole of the game especially in the back period and it took two moments of magic um, one from obviously Beth cutting in on her left and then a, a phenomenal save right at the end by Hannah Horton on Lily Greenslade and they were the two moments of magic um, they were from two of our players and, and obviously really happy with the win How important is it to have the ability to win in the fashion <clears> you did today? We said that at the end, like, it's not always going to be pretty. You're not always going to win games 5-6-7, dominate the ball and, and create. Um, and I think, obviously, we want that. And we're coming away from today knowing that we can, we can play better. We can utilise the ball better. I think we, in that first half, 
were probably off it. Um, we didn't win our second balls. Um, we weren't as aggressive on the press. Um, I think we paid them a little bit too much respect and given too much space. Um, second half, we were much more aggressive, um, got on the ball, got hold of the ball. And as I said, I think when we look back at it, we'd be disappointed that we, we haven't converted more than one of the chances we've created. But as the game went into the dying embers, obviously rugby are throwing bodies forward. We've reverted to a five. We'd ask the girls to sit in and defend the box. And each to a player, they've done that superbly. How pleased are you with the effort of your subs as well? They've come on and, and put a real shift in as well. Outstanding from them. Um, outstanding. They're quality players. You look through the whole squad. And it did take a squad um, to win this game of football today. Um, asking Evie to come onto a game and defend the box. And, 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 and she stepped out on a number of occasions alongside Jazz and Reva superbly. I think Ali Hall for me was standout every single aerial duel um, winning. And like I said, we needed that energy up high when Georgie's come on in, in a makeshift position. Because we've also got a look. We've got Lita and Annie on the sidelines. And Ava um, picked up a knock on Friday. And she's personally through it today and that shows the grit the heart the character this team have and with Emily uh, Pittman and Ella Humphrey who've asked them to do a job just them to, to run at their back three um, as they change it towards the end hold the ball up um, see the game out and it asked a lot of questions of us as you said um, but we found the answers to every single one of them and couldn't have been more prouder of the staff and players besides chance conversion what else is there perhaps to work on I think just a bit of bravery um, I think this group needed a big win to start believing this is a big win. Rugby are going to be right up there come the end of the season. Um, they're a good team. They play good football. They've got some real good individual players. Um, and we've got a win here with a clean sheet. Um, so we need to take that, that belief from this game. We know we can play. And whether a team's asking questions of us or we're asking teams of the, other, of the opposition, we know we've got the answers. This group's got the answers um, throughout the whole squad. And we need to take that belief now into, into the coming games, Cup and League, um, and keep the momentum going. Hannah Horton kept that clean sheet you mentioned. Just a word on her, who arguably saved the game today. She's the best goalkeeper in the league. I've said this for years now. Um, in big moments, Hannah Horton stands up, um, and that was a massive moment. Um, obviously, we're disappointing the balls been played through and probably one of the only times they got in behind our back line today um, and she's made herself massive and, and Lily couldn't put it, put it through her um, and, and yeah that, that's just a magical moment in it and everyone will talk about the Bethlehem's the goal and rightfully so because when you watch it back it was a, another phenomenal strike from her but from Hannah Horton all the way through the team immensely proud and we've got to bottle this up now and, and, and take this on to MK next week. Head coach of the Pompey women, Jay Sadler, there with his thoughts on yesterday's 1-0 win away at Rugby Borough. A result which keeps Pompey second in the league, three points behind leaders, hashtag with a game in hand and a far superior goal difference. For girls, the next in action away at MK Dons in the FA Women's National League Cup this coming Sunday at 2 o'clock. That game to take place at Stadium MK. The next home match for the Pompey women will be on Sunday the 5th of November when they take on MK Dons again. This time though at Wesley Park and in the league. Right, we're just coming up to, or we've actually just gone past quarter to seven here on Express. And so it's time for us to head into our second and final break of the show. This here is your final reminder on how to get in touch with us this evening. 81400 is our text number. Make sure you begin your messages with the word Express. Email sport at expressfm.com otherwise include at expressfm over on twitter head over to facebook.com forward slash pompey live or download and get involved via the expressfm app available now on ios and android on there you can send us a written or even a voice message we'll go through the final interaction from you back home as well as the conclusive thoughts and score predictions of both sam and Kirsty. as we turn our attention to tomorrow's trip to cambridge join the three of us for the third and final part of the football hour after this quick break this is the football hour on Express FM. 
The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Hi there, welcome back to tonight's edition of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Driven to you this season by Stagecoach South. Stagecoachbus.com is where you need to go to find out more about their services and how they are attempting to commit to a cleaner and greener source of public transportation. So far this evening, we've gone through a double bubble of victories for both Pompey's men and women, who were 1-0 winners in their respective league fixtures against Carlisle and Rugby. So now we shift our focus on to what's coming up next for John Messina's side. I'm pleased to say there is a Tuesday night fixture to look forward to this week. The Abbey Stadium is the venue for the Blues' 14th league game of the season. Time now to find out a bit more about Pompey's midweek opponents. Kirsty Roxanne has the lowdown on Cambridge United. Pompey just about kept their winning streak going at the weekend after beating Carlisle United by a goal to nil in stoppage time at Fratton Park. Next up, the first of two away matches this week. The Abbey Stadium, the venue for the Blues' midweek encounter with Cambridge United. Pompey Live, this week's opposition... Connor Shocknessy headed home the only goal of the game on Saturday to extend the Portsmouth unbeaten run in the league to 24 matches and maintain their place at the top of the League One table. Time now to move swiftly on to the next one with the use of Cambridge now put under the spotlight. Manager. Cambridge are led in the dugout by 37-year-old Mark Bonner. Bonner has been in charge of the club since January 2020 when he took over on an initial temporary basis from Colin Cladderwood. He won four of his first four games at the helm of the U's and as a result had his role made permanent just two months later. However, due to the curtailment of the 2019-20 season following the COVID outbreak, Bonner had to wait six months for his first match as permanent head coach, a game he was victorious in defeating Birmingham City in the first round of the Carabao Cup. Bonner's first season in management was a massively successful one, guiding Cambridge to a second-place finish in League Two and therefore promotion to League One in 2021, meaning they would go on to play third-tier football for the first time since 2002. 22-year-old former Pompey forward Gassan Hadmi is for sure one to keep an eye on this time around. Moroccan striker is currently on loan from championship side Ipswich Town and has so far found the back of the net twice in 12 appearances for the club. Ahadmi, who wears a number 23 shirt, has become a bit of a hit with the Cambridge supporters this season. Blues fans may remember Ahadmi from his short time at Fratton Park during the 2021-22 campaign, at the start of which he was brought in by Danny Cowley on a loan deal from Norwich City, following a hugely impressive trial period during pre-season. He failed to score any competitive goals for Pompey and made just five competitive appearances before being sent back to Garrow Road and sold to Burton Albion in January that season. Top scorer. Winger and occasional forward Fajiri Oknabiri is currently leading the goal-scoring charts for the U's. The 27-year-old who began his senior playing career with Stevenage in 2014 has so far bagged five league goals since the start of the campaign. His last goal came in a 2-1 defeat away at Burton Albion on the 9th of October. That goal, a consolation at the Pirial Stadium with Cambridge trailing by two by the time he found the back of the net in that one. Okunabiri has also managed to strike two goals in the Carabao Cup this season, though even though they weren't enough to see off League 2 Sutton United, who defeated the U's by three goals to two in the first round tie at Gandhi Green Lane. Current form. 
Despite a decent start to the season, which saw Cambridge within the top six for large parts of August, Mark Bonner's side now find themselves at the other end of the table and fighting in 18th position. The U's have failed to win any of their last seven league fixtures, last recording maximum points following a 1-0 home victory over Reading on the September the 4th. Since then, a return of just three points from a possible 21 has left them just three places above the drop zone. However, with those in the bottom four having terrible starts this season, the gap between Cambridge and the relegation zone is seven points, the exact same as the gap to the playoff places. So, can Pompey remain top of the pile and extend their unbeaten league run to 25 matches, or will Cambridge secure their first league maximum after seven games without a win? All of the admissible action on Pompey Live. Kirsty Roxanne, pre-recorded Kirsty there with a little bit more information on Cambridge United. Kirsty, how is it to hear your voice back? <laughs> it's horrible, hiya. <laughs> yeah, it's not great, is it? Um, not yourself, but I just mean personally, listen really? to your voice. I'm sorry, no, I didn't mean it like that. Um, Kirsty, Cambridge there, of course, going to be uh, it's going to be a difficult game within its own right. They haven't won any of their last seven matches in the league, of which they started the campaign pretty well. They've been on a bit of a run, barren run of form since then. Going to the Abbey Stadium tomorrow... It's never an easy place to go, but you expect Pompey to get the three points from this. Not being arrogant, but yeah. given what we've seen so far this season, you'd expect it. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it that we're not bringing three points home, especially with the form that Cambridge have been on. It would, it would be, it would hurt to bring home only a point. Football has a funny way. Of, it does. Yeah. Not not funny in a funny way either. Um, <laughs> um, some emails coming in as well. Linda Mail, thank you very much for getting in touch. Saying the game on Saturday was definitely a game of two halves. We created chances in the first half but couldn't put them away. Second half, Carlisle were a different team, unlucky not to score. We needed a post and Norris keeping us in it. John Bassino had a difficult decision before the game to choose either Sparks or Ogilvy, but could you drop Sparks, who has taken the chance and is assisting in making the goals as well? This season, the team seems to have the mentality to come from behind and also win very late in the games. Let's hope this continues, especially after Christmas play at Pompey Linda. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Dave Byrne, good evening. Good three points again on Saturday, and I felt overall we deserve the narrow win. It's the fact that this team never gives up gives up that impresses me the most. They refuse to even settle for a draw. Driven tirelessly by Duracell Bunny Joe Morrell. This high energy approach is yielding a rich reward. And Colby Bishop had one of those days, but we still won. I do feel the absence of Morrell and Pack or the Morrell Pack combination, sorry, in midfield is noticeable but every single player in the squad when selected is playing their part long may it continue uh play up on p dave on the emails there and sam that is enough that i wanted to touch upon as well joe morrell and him stepping up to the plate uh, not just sort of within that role but taking the captain's armband um as well from marlon pack given his absence um what have you made of of him stepping up um in, into that role and Really have yes, we've missed Marlon Pack, but in, in the regard that we've got sort of Joe Morrell to replace him, and of course Ben Stevenson coming in, Alex Robertson too. Uh, are you happy with what you've seen so far from the Welshman? Yeah, he's been really good, hasn't he? I think since sort of he came back from suspension, he's he's sort of been a changed man. You can sort of see that he's tried to be more disciplined when he when he's when he's making decisions. I think he's not picking up as many as many silly yellow cards. He's not doing anything sort of rash and and sort of out there. Which is good to see. I think that's that's the one thing which we've always said about Joe Murray. I think the the the, the best thing for any player is uh, availability, and he, he sort of struggled with that for for the first sort of first period of his Pompey spell. But for the last like five or six games, he, he's he's been brilliant. And I think since Marlon Pack sort of dropped out, that's a big a big voice in the dressing room. It's a big presence on the field, and, and Morel's been brilliant. I think he's been asked, asked to play a slightly different role as well. I think he's mm. sort of playing at the base of that that three in midfield, um, and he's been really good at it. I think. 
he, he obviously he'd probably like to get forward a bit more, but I think he he just marshals that 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 midfield so well and, yeah. and sort of adds that support to the, the centre halves behind him. And I think whenever he gets the ball, you sort of feel assured and and and, and like I said about Shocknessy, you know that something's going to happen mm. if he's if he's on the ball. He's 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 always forward thinking and he's a safe pair of hands which which is just what you want from yeah. from, from your hard midfielder and and Sam mentions very Kirsty about Joe Morrell maybe wanted to get uh, you know a little bit further forward than, than he is at the moment but given him stepping into sort of Marlon Pack's role um 14 recoveries on Saturday Joe Morrell made um in midfield in- insane says uh, Jake on Twitter Jake McLeod there um ground jewels won 12 out of 17 and aerial 3 out of 6 um and was fouled seven times as well so <laughs> g- g- again it goes to emphasize the kind of the impact he's having in, in midfield in recovering those sort of balls and, and retaining possession for Pompey but also providing that bit of a nuisance for the opposition as well being fouled seven times yeah and I, I agree with the email in about him being a Duracell bunny I generally <laughs> think he is he doesn't stop and when he goes in for a tackle even though I know past Joe Morrell he's made some stupid decisions but every single tackle he made on Saturday was a fair tackle and he yeah. won the ball and he's been an absolute credit and I think there is, a, there is a difference without having Pack by his side. But then we've got players like Sadie that just come on and just surprise as like a end player that comes on in like the last few minutes and just stands his ground. And I think Morel is the type of player where he can play play with anyone next to him and he still can perform exactly the same. He doesn't need yeah. Pack next to him to prove that. Cambridge away tomorrow night, then the start of two away matches for Pompey this week. Of course, Reading coming up on Saturday afternoon as well. Cambridge uh, without a win in the last seven in the league, down towards the bottom end of the table. Seven points separating them and the playoff positions as well as the relegation zone, but much closer to the bottom four as things stand. They gifted Cheltenham their first win of the season on Saturday, so that goes to show the kind of moment they're in at the moment. Um, Andy Moon caught up with John Massino earlier, um, earlier today, uh, early today, of course, and on Twitter revealing that Gavin White was ill on Saturday morning, but expects to be back and available for selection for tomorrow's trip to Cambridge, so that will be a boost for the Blues. And, of course, as I mentioned there, two away games in the space of just a few days for Pompey. Cambridge on the barren run of form they're in, and Reading with the run of form they're in as well. are going to highlight that more on Friday's edition of the show. They're currently in the relegation zone, and, of course, the off-field issues as well. A perfect opportunity, you'd think, for Pompey to take advantage of all of that and secure uh, six points. Hopefully, we can we can hope for the best. Uh, score prediction time, then Steve on Facebook's going for a 2-0 Pompey win tomorrow. Mark on the emails is going for a 3-1 Pompey win. Uh, Sam Macy, please, very quickly, your score prediction. Uh, I will go for a 2-0 Pompey, Colby Bishop brace. Sam, thank you very much for joining us on the Football Hour tonight. Pleasure as always. Kirsty Roxanne, please, a score prediction. 3-0. 3-0 written all over it. Freno written all over it. Kirsty, thank you very much for coming in tonight. Uh, great to have you in the studio. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll hear from you again pretty soon. Thanks, Jake. It's been a pleasure. Kirsty, Sam, thank you both ever so much for joining us on the Football Hour this evening. Right, score prediction time for me. I reckon ooh, I'm going to go for 2 1. Put out there, Cambridge will score, but Pompey will get the three points in the end at the Abbey Stadium. Right, you can catch all of the unmissable action tomorrow night when the Blues travel to Cambridgeshire. Myself, Jake Smith, alongside Robbie James and Henry Deacon. 7.45 kickoff at the Abbey Stadium. We start at 7. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey left it late to continue their winning run on Saturday.
continue this incredible run is Pompey away at Cambridge United and all the action will be right here on Pompey Live. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yes, that's right. Pompey Live returning tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock. It is a 7.45 kickoff at the Abbey Stadium as Pompey prepare to take on Cambridge United in match day number 14 of this League One campaign. You can join myself, Robbie James and Henry Deacon from 7 o'clock for all of the unmissable action of that one. Right, coming up next here on Express FM, we have, as always on a Monday evening, the Soft Rock Show. But um, with great sadness, as I'm sure many of you may have heard on the radio throughout the day or seen on our social media platforms, um, that uh, co-host of the show, Adrian Collis, has sadly passed away over the course of the weekend. Aid was an, an Express FM super fan and has presented the Soft Rock Show with his close friend and radio partner, Jeff Dorset for 14 years, the longest running show we have here on the station. More than that, Aid was a big family man, someone who we often share many conversations with about radio uh, as per the statement from the team here at Express FM. He will be a character who will be so very missed from everyone here at the radio station. So we send our condolences to the friends and family of Adrian Collis, who has sadly passed away for Soft Rock Show. Up next. 